Number nine, ready, ready is overrated. Nobody's ready. I want you to understand this. If you listen again to people who you admire and follow, listen to them carefully. If you get a chance to ask them a question about this, they're going to tell you in some form or other that they were never ready when you thought they were. Now, some of you, because you are overthinkers naturally, you're going to tend to wait for everything. You're going to wait for all the lights across town to be green before you set off. <laughs> and you're never going to get that. And so ready maybe doesn't look like what you think it did. And so what I want to say to you is that nobody's ready, that we become ready during the jump, mid-leap mid jump you will find what ready looks like because a lot of things can never actually happen until you take the leap until you press send until you say yes until you commit until you go for the interview until you ask the girl for a date or the guy for a date until you take the leap a lot of things that are called ready will never happen and so you have to this year not procrastinate and hesitate like you've done in the past, waiting until you feel ready, because you're never going to feel ready in the way that you think ready looks like. And often when you feel ready and this, you, then you press go and you take the decision, you find you too late and someone else beat you to it. So I want you to reframe ready. Your version of ready is perhaps overrated. So this year, I know you were planning to be ready by you know, June, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to be ready by February because all the things you want to be in place by June are never going to be in place by June anyway. And when they're not, you'll move your start point further out to August and you keep doing that because you don't feel ready. Ready is overrated. And I want to experiment this year and do it in small ways rather than think I'm risking too much. Do it in small ways. Take a leap step out and then find that you're more ready than you thought you were and the jump was waiting for you to find that out so ready is overrated you'll be ready after you've taken the leap you're going to find yourself getting ready in ways you never knew possible that conceal themselves from you until you take the leap and make the commitment all right hope you're all okay number 10 your time and attention are not renewable energies they're fossil fuels. Your time and attention are not renewable energies. Therefore, they are fossil fuels. Your time and attention are gas and oil and coal. They are not wind and solar and waves and so on, which are renewable. And I'm saying this to frame for you that your time and attention is so, so precious. This really matters for us to talk about this now because we're a generation more than any other when everybody is pulling for your time and attention. Everybody is vying for a piece of those two commodities. And once you've spent them, they're burned, you won't get them back. You only have a finite amount of this resource of time and attention. So this year, because some of you especially are not doing this well, so you're going to be exhausted by March because you are so giving your time and attention to people and places and things that you should not. And you're going to think you have a time management problem 
and you don't. You have an attention management problem. If you will manage your attention and be intentional about your intention, having enough time to do what you want to do will never be a problem. People have a time management problem only because their attention and time is out of control in how they manage it. If you'll see your time and attention as a finite resource, um, when you see it that way, it becomes the purest form of generosity does who you give those two things to. When everybody wants it and you deny it to everybody and only give your time and attention to a certain few people or a certain few things, that's what I mean by your time and attention actually become your purest act of generosity you'll ever do because you've said no to so many others. So those that do get it, it's special. And I want you to see your time and attention as the most precious resource you have in life. And this year, you have to police it. You have to control it. This comes back to the boundaries things too. You have to say no to what's grabbing your time and attention because a lot of you are suffering from people that are grabbing your time and attention and you are defaulting to surrendering to it. And this year you have to say no because you're not gonna get that time and attention back. And the things you want to do this year, you will not have the time and attention for because you squandered it on people and places and things that should never have had that from you in the first place. So your time and attention, frame them as um, non-renewables, never gonna get it back. And you gotta frame them as fossil fuels. And did you want to waste that gas and oil as it were on what you allowed it to be combusted by. So be intentional this year more than ever about your time and attention. Sit down now, make a list of the things that you're no longer gonna give time and attention to, and then try to stick to that this year, but have a radar for it as you go through this year. Have a radar for bullshit, okay? Listen to me, this year, increase the sensitivity of your BS radar and realize that that spam, that spam thing clamoring for my attention, that spam person, that spam conversation, it's BS, and I'm not going to get involved in it. That's going to be a great addition to your skill set this year. I'm going to hand you back so much time and attention that now you have for the things that really matter. All right. Number 11, if you avoid the rejection this year, you might also avoid the opportunity. If you avoid the rejection, you avoid the opportunity. Now I'm reframing how I want you to think about opportunity because um, the difficulty with opportunities are that they are hidden behind the false wall of people's rejection, circumstantial rejection, situational rejection. And what happens is we are so much more aware of the rejection than we are of the opportunity that was possibly hiding behind it. So this false wall, and it is a false wall, this false wall of rejection intimidates us so much, and especially if you are more sensitive to rejection than some people, if you have, if you have a thinner skin than some people, rejection affects you far more than it does people with a thicker skin who just shrug it off and move on. So I want you this year to realize that rejection is a speed bump, it's not a barrier. 
And some of you are wrongly seeing rejection and, you, and your recovery from rejection is taking too long. So because your recovery is taking too long, you are missing multiple opportunities that others are taking who are not as bothered about rejection as you are. Opportunity often hides, therefore, I'm saying to you, beyond rejection. If people say no, don't take it personal, just move on, because there's a yes waiting somewhere else. Rejection, I want you to reframe rejection. Rejection is just a doorway to an opportunity. It's not a permanent state of affairs. It's just a temporary situation. And this year, some of you, especially I'm thinking of, that are more prone to be damaged by rejection because you're over-endorsing someone's rejection. You're over-endorsing someone's opinion and you are allowing it to validate you or non-validate you. So you are putting too much store by rejection. What happens is as humans, we begin to what's called, we begin to play not to lose rather than playing to win. You'll see this in a, in a sports game where a team are winning and it's nearing full time. And so the team began to play around and waste time and do long passes or keep the ball, if it's soccer, in their possession. Or they kick it out of touch, hoping that they're going to just gain time by not playing to win anymore. They're just trying to keep the ball in their half and away from their opponent's half. It's called playing not to win. And it's a mentality that humans slip into, not knowing they're doing it because they're becoming risk averse because of the rejection and the damage rejection has done to them. I want you to make friends this year with rejection and just get a thicker skin and not take it personal and keep pushing forward because the opportunities you want are often behind a number of rejections. You have to survive first, okay? So this is why... One of the strongest sometimes when one of the strongest sometimes get their hands on what you could have got your hands on because they didn't quit in the rejection phase as easily as you did. So if you avoid the rejection, you avoid opportunity. So don't avoid rejection, welcome it. And then you're going to find yourself bumping into lots of opportunities that were always there, but you didn't have them last year because last year you quit too soon based on the rejection and what it did to you. Get a thicker skin and keep going. All right, number 12, I want you to think about this year finding a mentor. Um, you know, this last few years, as some of you know, I have given myself to mentoring much more than I ever had time to, of course, when I was pastoring. So this age and stage of season of life for me, I have appreciated afresh the art, and it is an art, of mentoring people. I am so grateful to the years gone by when I had mentors in my life. The problem back me for me back then was that we didn't call them mentors and it wasn't intentional. And therefore I didn't get as much out of those relationships as I think we do if we're intentional about finding mentors. And I want you this year, some of you especially really need this because you're very stuck and the gift of a mentor is mentors are Jedis at getting people unstuck. Mentors have a language for our lives that we don't even understand about our own lives because they have this objective, disconnected perspective of our lives. Therefore, they can see all the blind spots. They can see all the repetitive default behaviors we have that are not helping us move forward. And that's the gift of a mentor. They are GPS coordinate 
finders when you can't find any GPS coordinates. That's the gift of mentors amongst other things. And I mentioned this as the last point because by the way, next Thursday, 16th of Jan, I'm gonna be doing another free live webinar with interactive Q and A like, like we're gonna do in a minute about mentoring. I want to give you next week my six major insights about what to look for and what to um, expect in a mentoring relationship. I think a lot of people are afraid of mentor because they don't know who to ask for mentoring. They don't know what mentoring should look like. So they're not sure what the value is in mentoring to them. And if you've never had a mentoring relationship, you won't know what the value for your attention should be return in a mentoring relationship. And I want to speak to you about that next week so that I can set you up for what to look for in a mentoring relationship in 2020. Now, I don't necessarily mean a one-on-one -on -one mentoring and with a cost attached to it, that is not that is not cost effective. Some of you are not able to afford that right now. Some of you can and you should do that. But I mean finding a mentor, finding voices in your life, whether they are virtual voices through social media or whether it's a podcast or a book you read or someone in your social circle that you need to say to them, can you help me? And you're going to find they can help you. Um, I mean, all of those are options for mentoring. So I want you to think about being intentional this year about calling someone um, a mentor in your life. So you may say, well, I have friends that help me. What will change that from being a friendly chat and a coffee every week is that you now say to them, I want you to help me. And you bring to them things you want them to speak into. It's now moved from a spontaneous occasional chat. It's now taken on the dynamics of a mentoring relationship is much more intentional. And you will find that these casual chats become much more loaded in the best way because you've now nominated that person, that voice to be a mentoring voice into your life. So this year, I want some of you to be intentional more than ever about finding a mentor. I think what was missing for many of you last year is you didn't have a mentoring voice. And by the way, when we do Q&A, you're gonna see mentoring in action. Because when I answer questions, if you wonder what mentoring is like, mentoring should look like what it looks like when I, answer, when I answer questions. Imagine that opportunity to ask questions and have the kind of answers that I'm going to be giving from someone you admire and respect in your world or someone you find, and the gift of that, the aha, the lights coming on when someone answers a question in a way that perhaps you've never had answered before, that's what mentoring looks like, and you should seek that out. So it's not a random thing that saved your life, but it's something you intentionally put into your life this year. I think it will be a massive thing to add to your toolkit this year in designing a brilliant 2020. All right, those are my 12 strategies, my 12 insights for a great design in 2020. Well, thanks again for listening to today's podcast. I hope you found it beneficial. And uh, I know time is precious commodity for us all, but I would love it if you would take the time to write a review or comment. And above all, maybe subscribe to my podcast channel. Thank you.